There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is a point in against him, actually, is when, and I think this is a feeling we've all accidentally had, is when you've got a girlfriend or something and you accidentally call them mum and everyone's like, oh, that's a thing. And that's a thing that you did. And it's it's fine. It's just an accident. But he made that weird. And that's that's a point against Freud, I think. <laughs> what um, is this? <laughs> this <what>? Very specific <laughs> example. <laughs> Bloody good day, guys, and welcome to Goats, uh, the bloody best podcast on the planet. Now, uh, this episode is a pretty fucking big occasion for me, as you know, Aussie born and bred. And today we're discussing the land of the kangaroo, the land of the koala, and the land of casual racism. It's my homeland, Australia. Now, today we're crowning the greatest Australian of all time, and obviously that's a big one. So we've decided to bring in some expert advice from none other than comedian, author, and renowned Australian, Alice Frick. Yeah, hello. I'm from Austria, actually, not Australia. Oh, oh, fuck, boys. (laughs) But but, uh, you sounded really good. (laughs) That was, to be fair, Seb, that was your best accent you've ever done. Well, that's good, because I'm going to do it quite a lot in this episode. So... (laughs) (laughs) Right then, well, I guess I'll fuck that up, but uh, welcome to GOATS. Uh, This week, we are heading off to one of the most prestigious countries on earth, Austria, uh, a country that I don't know very well, Uh, but according to Google, it's known for its beautiful cities, the Austrian Alps, where people like to go skiing, and, as I just found out, the Viennese coffee, which is apparently a bit like a mocha, but sweeter. Mm. Is that true, Alice? Um, I guess so, if you read it on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) That's good enough for us. Now, obviously, needless to say, when we're covering such a prestigious subject, we did genuinely need an expert, and that is why we brought in the incredibly talented, incredibly funny, comedian and author, Alice Frick. Now, Alice, we've also already slightly introduced you, but is there anything I've missed in that list? That sounds good, yeah, yeah. That's so... I'm from Austria. <laughs> Actually, yeah. you know, do, do you know what? Do you know what? We in Austria, we have a T-shirt that you can buy. Tourists can buy, and it says, "I am from Austria, no kangaroo." And there's a kangaroo <laughs> crossed out. 
Because this is, uh, we are very scared that people constantly confuse us for Australia. <laughs> Thank God Australia doesn't get into wars or anything. But that would be bad. <laughs> to be fair. From, from the emu war, which they oh very God. famously lost. <laughs> Has anyone done anything interesting this week or should we just crack on? The only thing I've done interesting is um, I am officially a computer whiz. Because as you'll hear from my voice in this recording... The microphone issue with my new computer has been fixed by me solely, solely by me. So all these technical problems I've been having for the last, how long we've been doing this podcast, <laughs> year, year and a half, um, all fixed by me without the help of Seb or Vinny, who know about computers and that. Um, so just a big round of applause for me. I expect a medal. hope the audience are very happy that they can now hear my laughter fully after not hearing it for the last two weeks. I know Ben isn't. Yeah, Ben yeah. isn't. What? Fuck Ben. <laughs> to be fair, we've had this, like, this is a, such a refreshing episode, actually. Mm. We've had no technical issues. Touch every bit of wood we can see. It's been seamless. Mm. Um, have I done anything interesting? This, oh, the only interesting thing I've done this week, I don't know if we can put it in the show, but I'll say it anyway. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Yes. I got incredibly high by accident and then went, went and watched <laughs> Barbie in the cinema. By accident? And it was... Yeah, so I you, we've got a friend of the show called Thea who sometimes lets me into a recording studio at work when I'm not supposed to be in there. Mm-hmm. And she smokes quite a lot. And I don't really smoke at all. Me, her and my girlfriend were supposed to go out for the day. And then my girlfriend got a bit ill, so she couldn't come. So it's just me and Thea. And then me and Thea were sat in the park. Thea was like, do you want to have a smoke? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm a fucking legend, mate. I'll do whatever. <laughs> and I thought I was fine. And then when I stood up, I couldn't feel my legs. <laughs> and I was so incredibly high that I then we then went to a fucking cinema and the moment the lights went off I just raw panic I was like I don't know how to get out the <laughs> stairs are too steep I'm gonna die in here and I spent the whole film asking Thea if Ryan Gosling's head had been made to look too big for his body or if that was just me <laughs> oh dear um, wow that's great Alice, anything exciting happens to you this week? Feel free. If there's nothing, just we can just it's fine. No pressure. Well, I I'm going up to Edinburgh uh, tomorrow or the day after tomorrow for the Fringe Festival, mm. and my comedy solo show is called The Anti Self Help Show, and it's based on my book called The Anti Self Help Book. And I thought uh, I will bring books up to Edinburgh, so I literally packed a hundred books in my bag. But then uh, I realized there is no space for clothes. So, <laughs> so, and I'm not able to move the bag. So I don't know how to bring the books up. So now I unpacked my bag again and I'm just chipping it. But today the delivery person didn't come and pick it up. So it's still like, uh, where will my books be? And where? Oh, but I, there's space for clothes now. But this was basically my whole week. <laughs> just well, I'll tell you where one of the books will be. Oh, here it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> He, he, he's gone to bring my book, I think. Yeah, that's yeah, all the motivation. Yes, we Normally like that. <laughs> right here. It's really good. I've been really enjoying it. It's got a bookmark in and everything because I've actually been reading it. Oh. <laughs> and wow. It's really funny. Great, thank you. Nice. What's the name of the book? It's called The Anti-Self-Help Book, The Ultimate Guide to Finding the Right Way. And I just love it. You talking about your kind of endless cycle of like finding another thing that's going to like change your life and this is going to be the one. And then it's like you do it for a week and it's like, nah, it's not. And you just go mm. on to the next thing. I can really relate to that. I've been there. <laughs> that I sounds very relatable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but now we've uh, 
actually really successfully and quite seamlessly plugged your fantastic book and Edinburgh Fringe Show. Um, let's crack on with the show. So obviously this week we are discussing The Greatest Austrian. Um, I don't know that many Austrians, I'm going to be totally honest with you. So I'm actually genuinely really excited to hear who you've all picked. And I think, Michael, you're going first. Yes. So Michael, whenever you're ready, would you like to tell me and the rest of the group who you have spent your time researching as none other than the greatest Austrian of all time? Well, I will. But normally... I like to pick like a funny answer or do something silly, then I, and I tease who I've picked, or it, it'll be like a play on words. I'll change Austrian into like Gandalf or something. But no, this week I just thought I'll just do it seriously, not beat around the bush. I'll just tell you who I've picked straight away um, and just go for it. So I've picked somebody who is multi talented, one of the biggest action movie stars ever, and is absolutely jacked. That's right. I've picked. Hugh Jackman. What? <laughs> what? Hugh Jackman. Oh, Australian. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> he went through with the joke. I did the joke. Oh, <laughs> I told you I wrote this joke. I, t- I put this down like days ago. And I was like, oh, you say that thing. I was like, God, now, do I come clean about my joke or should I keep it? I'll keep it. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful. You got us all. You got us all. The worst bit is I was like, in my head, I was like, is he part Austrian or something? Like, no. I Me just, too. Like, I was I like... Was like <laughs> I fully, even though I did the exact joke, yeah. not but 10 minutes ago, straight over my head, I was just like... Oh. um. I think it just shows how how great a joke it is, the fact that it landed, even though we'd already discussed it and it's already been done before. But no, I've 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 actually picked somebody who is Austrian. Um and the guy that I've picked is even more jacked and he's maybe the biggest action star of all time. And he might be slightly less talented, um, but he does have one of the most iconic voices in history. It's obviously Arnold Schwarzenegger. And just a word of warning before we get talking about this absolute legend, there might be some very bad accents and impressions oh, by no. me over the next 10 minutes or so. <laughs> oh, so. no. Can I, can, sorry, can I just chip in with a question before we really get started? Is it true? Because this is one of those rumours you always hear about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Is it true that he sounds weird to Austrians as well? Yes, because he comes from an area where people just sound weird in Austria. <laughs> oh, God. No, no, that's not true. Okay. That was a joke yeah. from my... <laughs> no, joke. It's right. No, no. no one's listening. No, um, <laughs> he, yeah, I mean, he does sound weird. Uh, but also, I think the thing is, he his English sounds very weird because he learned English mm. literally... Like my English teacher in Austria, she was actually Austrian and she taught us English. So we didn't have native speakers. And my English teacher always said in her lessons, let's just discuss it in German because it's easier for all of us. So this is how we uh, <laughs> learned English at school. So I, I think, and he's a generation before me or two before me. So I think his English is quite bad. And he has, he he's more of, not from Vienna, but more from the countryside. And therefore I think he has just a yeah. really funny accent he never got rid of. 
Yeah, and he learned he like learned English in America as well. Like as he was going to America, yeah. he could barely speak English, so he learned it from Americans as well. So, which is the but, worst place to learn bloody yeah. English? Am I right, lads? <laughs> <laughs> bloody <laughs> Americans. No, sorry, that's oh, bad. Britannia. <laughs> God's sake. So oh, no. anyway, Arnie, who is this fella? Well, he was born in pronunciation coming incoming Thal Tal Thal T H A L. Tal, T-H-A-L, yeah. Yeah, in Austria in 1947. And at around 14, 15 years old, he decided to stop trying to play football. He was very tall, athletic, quite lean, and he wanted to become a football player, but he decided to stop playing football. And he decided to try lifting weights instead. And he did some serious weightlifting, Olympic weightlifting and bodybuilding. And he got quite into this. And during his fir- his year of mandatory uh, military service, he had to do one year's mandatory military service. He actually went AWOL for a week so that he could compete in the Junior Mr. Europe bodybuilding competition, which he won. And he spent a week in military jail because of it. Because oh, wow. obviously you can't just Hardcore. run away from the army. Yeah. But just one of the many sacrifices that he made. I think it, there was a quote <laughs> that he was like, he, he doesn't, you know, it's well worth it to go and achieve his dreams of being like the greatest bodybuilder in the world. Hmm. And after this, he set his sights on the Mr. Universe competitions because Mr. Universe is like, you know, the next step up. That's like the second tier. It's like the championship of bodybuilding competitions. And he won that at a junior level in 1967. And this made him famous around the world in the bodybuilding community which is quite a small community in 1967, not like it is today. Is, um, um, is uh, Mr. Universe, is that like a global like tournament thing then? Or is it like just yeah. European or it's global? Yeah, Mr. Universe is global. And then the next one up, the top, the Premier League of like the World Cup of bodybuilding competitions is the Mr. Olympia competition. So winning that is like the, the World Cup of bodybuilding. Um, but... Winning Mr. Universe at junior level made him famous around the world for bodybuilding in a very small community, Um, but it gained him a hell of a lot of attention for his physique. He's a big guy and he's got a massive chest. He's known for just having this like superhuman, gigantic chest. Um, And then the next year, at age 21, he achieved his dream of moving to America. Because he set his sights on going to America, being this big personality, having he's got this gigantic physique, and he wanted to go to America, become a bodybuilder, and become a movie star. But he spoke very little broken English when he got there, so he had to learn English while he was in America. But he started training out of the now world famous Gold Gym because back then it was kind of like a you know, it was a big bodybuilding gym, but bodybuilding wasn't where it was today. Arnie very much put it sort of on the map and made Gold's Gym the thing that it is today. And he competed in his first Mr. Olympia in 1969, where he came second to the previous three-time Mr. Olympia champion. Um, But he went back the next year in 1970, and at the age of 23, he became the youngest ever winner of Mr. Olympia. And that, like, title he still holds today. He's still, to this day like 50 years later, the youngest ever winner of Mr. Olympia, which is pretty crazy because like nowadays, yeah, like nowadays you look on Instagram, you can see like some 18 year old kid who's just like jacked, 
Yeah, bodybuilding is like way bigger nowadays for sure. Like it's yeah, that is mad actually. Yeah, and he was only twenty three when he won. Like he's the best physique in the world, basically. Yeah. Um. So he won that in nineteen seventy, but then he also he won six Mister Olympia titles in a row from nineteen seventy until nineteen seventy five. He won every single title, and then he won it again in nineteen eighty. So he's eight time Mister Olympia champion, which is crazy. I'm pretty sure that's the highest or joint with uh, Ronnie Coleman or maybe Ronnie Coleman's got nine, but it's still like, you know, one of the best ever performances. Yeah. So at this point, he's like the biggest thing in bodybuilding in the entire world. Everybody who's into fitness and the gym and everything else knows about Arnold Schwarzenegger. And also the movie Pumping Iron came out in 1975, I think. So... This put him on the map as well. It was a big, like, inspirational, one of the first like, really inspirational movies of, like, you know, achieving this kind of stuff. Um, and because of that, he really wanted to get into acting and movies. Um, and because of his ginormous physique, it was quite easy for him to get small roles as some big action star. And that's exactly what he did. In 1980, he got the part... Oh, no, sorry, it's not 1980. I actually don't know what... what yeah, this is, but he got the part of his first part um, acting. His first major role was in a movie called Hercules in New York. And so, yeah. obviously, he played Hercules. It's terrible. <laughs> it's, a play, really, like, it's a really cool. bad film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty bad film. But he played Hercules, this, you know, massive, strong, like he's a Greek god. He's a Greek, you know, Goliath, basically. Um, mm. But what's interesting about his first movie was that his accent was so thick and they, could, they couldn't understand his voice to such an extent that they just removed all of his audio and just dubbed over all of his lines. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's the, the antithesis of, like, early Arnie films where it's, you, you can physically see him, but you can't actually hear him because it's not him. But he kept doing smaller and smaller roles and improving his English and kept bouncing around these little, you know sub-part roles and starring in crappy movies that nobody ever saw until finally he got his big break and he got the main part of Conan the Barbarian. Yet again, another just ginormous action hero wielding a giant sword. And he did speak in this movie. It wasn't dubbed over, so his, his English did Progress, improve baby. at that point. Exactly. And it was a massive box office hit. So this finally put the Austrian Oak, which is his nickname, right in the limelight like everybody's seen him now they're all like stunned who's this everyone in the bodybuilding community seen him but now everybody going to watch movies has seen this like unit of a man acting and playing this giant character and then in 1984 because of this success he got the role the role the one that we all know arnie for he starred in james cameron's the terminator as the Terminator. And Arnie's performance was just exceptional, in my opinion. It's brilliant. He didn't didn't say that many lines, but he does a lot of like physical acting and he's a physical it's almost, guy. It's almost built for him. It's just a yeah. very robotic, blank performance. Just just yeah. be massive and that's just the be massive and yeah. slightly lumbering and confused. And he did that perfectly. But I think he does <laughs> what he can do perfectly in that is the like he is a good actor because he's very robotic to an extent that is like well done. Like lots of characters and actors have played like, you know, I don't know, Frankenstein's monster, but they don't say anything, but they don't portray that. It's like a very physical performance of the Terminator, this killing machine. 
And it just cemented his place in cinema and cultural history forever. Like, forever he'll be known as the Terminator. If he stopped there, he'd have been known forever. And every single kid in the entire world from this day forth will be quoting, I'll be back! And Arnie was a superstar. <laughs> Marks out of ten for the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alex, if, if you heard that, would you think that Michael was Austrian? No, or just Arnie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back. Oh, Don't do it again. <laughs> Maybe Australian. <laughs> and after Terminator, he obviously went on to do tons of movies. He went on to star in the even better sequel, Terminator 2. Um, where he spoke a lot more because he spoke to young Kyle Reitz, yeah. um, you know, talked him through and everything else. He was also in Predator, which is a, another great movie, start of a massive, massive franchise. And Commando, another, again, massive action star, big superhero role. Like all these roles are just played for a big, massive character who's got a huge physique and huge presence. But he's not just a completely one-dimensional actor because he also featured... And a bunch of other movies, comedy movies, um, showing off his kind of sense of humor and his acting range. I didn't know uh, if these were going to get brought up. I don't I, know if these I'm are points of noise. They're they great. Are. For instance, in Junior, he plays a pregnant scientist with Danny DeVito. Hilarious. I think the <laughs> juxtaposition of is Arnie. He's the Terminator. He's mass. He's like the biggest guy you've ever seen. He's terrifying. He's pregnant. That's so funny. <laughs> and he's juxtaposed as well with Danny DeVito. And they do the other movie as well, Twins, where they're like secret twins. twins. And Danny DeVito is like this small kind of squat looking mm. man. Wait, and Arnie's yeah. like a massive unit. It's hilarious. I love Twins. Do you know what though? Arnie is who Dwayne The Rock Johnson wishes he was, but he oh, could never yeah. be. Because Arnie can take it on the chin. He can be, He can. He can make himself look silly. He can yeah. lose a fight. He can be... Whereas someone like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he could never live up to that. No, no, no. The Rock is not fit to lace Arnie's boots. No he actually near. isn't. I think he's a knob. And yeah, so that's a, that's a real film. If you've never seen Junior and you think I'm just taking the piss saying Arnie's pregnant, it's a real film and it's great. Go and watch it. Um, he's also in Kindergarten Cop where he says that. I think it's Kindergarten Cop where he's talking to the kids and he says that famous line, It's not a tumour. You know yeah, that one? Cop, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and by far, the best Christmas movie ever made. By far. Jingle all the way. Where he helps his son, Jamie. Get the turbo, man. Jamie, what do you want for Christmas? You want turbo, man? I'll get you the turbo, man. And in the end, Arnie becomes turbo, man. And like his kids, think about that heartwarming story. Like all his kid wants for Christmas is Turbo Man, and he looks up and sees his role model, his father, who is he releases the helmet, and his dad is Turbo Man. It's like oh, it's so good. It's just Jingle All the Way is like one of my. It's the best Christmas movie ever. It's one of my favorite movies ever. And Arnie is the star. He is easily one of Hollywood's biggest and most iconic actors to ever grace the screen. His voice. His physique, like everything about him is just legendary on screen. I don't think there's a person alive who hasn't seen a movie that Arnold is in. Like, if you've not seen Terminator, you've seen one of these films. Like, I think everybody's seen Arnold Schwarzenegger in a movie. Um, but I'm probably running out of time, so I've spoken a lot about the two things that he's most famous for. But 
He is also famous for having a pretty big political career. He was the governor of California from 2003 to 2011. He's still involved in American politics now. I think you mean the governator, as they used to call him. Did they used to call him the governor? They did, yeah. Not, Not like officially, Not to his but face. that was like his nickname. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, I think they did. It's hilarious, but it's uninspired. The governator. Come on, yeah. It was great, actually, because when uh, I lived in LA for a year, mm. And um, I did some, I started to do comedy in English before I moved to the UK and I went to LA. And it was the first time when somebody recognized me on the street because I think Arnold Schwarzenegger was governor. So people knew the accent or could, so it was mm. like, oh, another Austrian. And uh, never ever somebody, I was walking on the street talking, never ever somebody said, oh, I've seen you yesterday. But in LA, somebody saw me. And I think that's because of Arnold. That's <laughs> so good. Although I have to say, in Austria, we uh, we have a stadium, a football stadium called the Arnold Schwarzenegger Stadium. And we took the name off because we were so upset that he was for the death penalty. Uh, so he he was, and yeah. then he got upset with Austria. So there is a little bit of a disagreement between him and Austria yeah. because we renamed his stadium. <laughs> Because yeah, he's a Republican, he's. I think I wouldn't yeah. look too much into his political views, but he, he claims he's a to the Republican. Well, he claims he's a bit of a liberal. Oh, wow. Like he claims he's a very loose Republican. Like he's not like, I don't know. He's like like a full on. He's the like we can smoke weed, but we'll also kill the criminals. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. kind of like. He's, 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 I think he describes himself as a liberal Republican. Yeah, that sounds. Like but I didn't want to get too much into his political stuff because it's not quite as fun as. You know, kindergarten cop and junior and jingle all the way. Um, the death penalty is not quite as fun. <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, he's a big environmental influence as well. Like when he was the governor, he signed some major documents for California about combating climate change and some legislation. And all those documents are still sort of signed today. Um, so he did quite, a, you know, a few good things there. But I just think overall, like just Arnold is just one of those names that will go down in history forever. Like it doesn't matter if you don't really know who he is or what he's done or what his ideas are. He'll just go down in history. Like he's massive, both figuratively and literally. And in my opinion, he's probably the most famous Austrian in history. Maybe not in history, but <laughs> <laughs> in entertainment. Yeah. That's <laughs> something like it. Yeah. <laughs> there is this one Austrian, unfortunately. Well. I think a bit more famous in history. Oh, no. <laughs> we don't want to mention him. But... <laughs> I thought oh, we just The best bit it. was when you said that, Alice is on the Let's just pretend he is. It we can like, just pretend uh... Arnold is. That's much better. Um, yeah, I think so. But he starred in like people's favorite movies of all time, and he also made bodybuilding like the global sport that it is today. He's the biggest name ever in that sport. He's the Pele. He's the Messi of bodybuilding. Like bodybuilding would not be where it is today as a global sport, just you know, without Arnold. And that's that's in itself is massive to basically start kickstart a sport into the global sphere as well as everything else um so for me he's he's got to be the goat like there's no one bigger than arnie it's fucking arnold you know come on do you know what i really liked it i'd be interested to know what if alice has any points to say about arnold schwarzenegger because obviously in my head he's like the king of austria yeah <laughs> like he like like he's like he walks down the street and everyone's like oh my god but then you said mm. you fell out with him 
So I'm interested to see how that's looking. Yeah, it's a little bit of a love and hate relationship, I think, with him. Because, of course, he made Austria quite famous. And every time I say I'll be back when I go to the Louvre or something, (laughs) it's uh, iconic now. Yeah. (laughs) But I think, yeah, his political decision with the death penalty and stuff like that, I think Austria is a little bit more uh, liberal than Mm. his political view is. But yeah, I think he is. He has done. Uh, I think he's quite fun as well. When you see him in, in interviews or something, he can laugh about himself. Yeah, I think he's quite like a fun. I think he's fairly down to earth. He's fairly like he can laugh at himself, and he knows he knows what the score is. He knows that he people think you know he's just this big guy with a funny voice, and he can't. He doesn't take himself too seriously, like The Rock. You know. Here's the notes I've written. I've written. This isn't to do with Arnold, but the concept of Mr. Universe being the second best yeah. Yeah. in this planet is quite self-centered. Well, to think that you're the strange. most, you're the you're the henchest being in the universe. Yeah, but Olympia comes from the Greek Olympia, doesn't it? Mount Olympus, which is like transcends yeah, the, universe. the universe because it's like godly. That's where like the Greek gods kind of live. That's why it's Olympia's even bigger. That makes sense, actually. Yeah. Fair enough. The other thing I wrote is that he made it. Pro- he, I think, he probably made men more able to say that other men were fit. Yeah, I reckon. You know, when you when you create a, 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 it's quite. You know, I saw a video of him doing ballet. I think he was probably quite like he he broke down a lot of gender stereotypes in a way by being so focused on his body and on his like you know preening, mm. looking good. Back in the seventies, men didn't do that kind of thing. Yeah, and like Pumping Iron is all—it's just a movie of like sweaty, oiled up, like guys just working out together and having a great time and doing the thing that they love. And people probably did see that in the seventies and were like, "Oh, that's cool! I can just enjoy that. That's fine." Yeah, I think you're probably right, Seb. After that, fantastic. Um, I, that's a, I, it, I don't want to say it was an obvious choice, <laughs> but it but it was a good choice. Yeah, thanks. As well, like you can't argue with it. Um, but I did. Hmm, is this funny or not? We'll give it a go. We can always cut it if it's not. Um, so I just need to, uh, obviously, you know, there was a bit of a mix up at the start of this episode. So the questions. So I'm going to ask you just a couple of questions um, at the end of your little speech, but they might not be as relevant as they would have been. Oh, right. You get the point. Okay. So you're going to ask me some questions after the end of mine and everyone else. And so yeah, forth. and then I'll ask them after Alice's and I'll ask them after Vinny's. Anyway, so thank you, Michael. Um, <laughs> oh, at the end of that, I've just got some questions to ask you. Um, in a segment I'm going to call Kangaroo Court. Right. So you've got to answer some questions about Australia's national animal, the kangaroo. <laughs> Michael, in feet, what is the average height of a kangaroo? Five foot 11. It's five to six feet. That's perfect. In miles per hour, what is the top speed of a kangaroo? 28. You're miles off. 40. 40 miles an hour. 40 miles an hour? Yeah. Imagine that fucker hopping at you. (laughs) Alice Alice had to grow up with that. She was running around. (laughs) That's how she got so fucking tough, mate. (laughs) And how high in feet can a kangaroo hop? Four feet. 
10 feet. No, it can't. 10 feet. It's a 40 no mile an hour, 10 foot hopping fucker. Maybe like one hop, but understand? not continual hops. They're not jumping no, 10 feet every it says, time. It actually says, it? on my fact sheet, it says 7 to 10 feet. That's horrifying. No chance. I mean, don't argue with animalfactencyclopedia.com. Okay. Knows it's shit. So, on that <laughs> note, Michael, you got none of those answers correct. So, unfortunately, I'm going to have to say you don't... What? Oh, yeah, I got the first one. Oh, no, one. you did. Yeah, sorry. My bad. Yes. It's such a professional outfit. <laughs> um, at the end of that, Michael, unfortunately, you uh, only got one question right, which means you don't know fuck all about Australia. And, uh, it's fine. You're never going to come to Alice's cultural homeland. So, on that note, I'll just get my mate back. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. So on that note, um, that was really good. But I feel like it's now like the headline act. Mm. Austrian Alice, who is the greatest Austrian of all time? So actually, when you Google, um, there are quite a lot of Austrians. Because Did you say you didn't remember any Austrians? Because there I are, I, I think, I mean, obviously some Austrians we want to forget, like Hitler. I have to name him now. Mm. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we say he was German and then that's it. So we have mm, done that. Right. Also, we had Fritzl. We also forget him. <laughs> we have a lot of bad mm. people in Austria. <laughs> Probably it's the wrong podcast for that. Probably the bad people from Austria. But other than that, Austria has a lot of... Do you know, for example, the guy who invented Red Bull is from Austria? So oh, I feel like I did know that Red yeah, Bull was Mateschitz. from Austria. Yeah. So he is... I think he only had um, half of the half of them was from Thailand, but he bought the concept or something. Yeah, Yeah, their first football teams were in Austria. Yeah, I'll be Leipzig. Uh, Salzburg. Leipzig's in Germany. Oh, yeah. But that's yeah. how I know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking idiot. Just to get football in there somehow. <laughs> Let's just cram that Let's just in. sneak football in every time. Sorry, Alice, I'll cut but... that bit. I'll make it sound like you just, you just smashed it. Don't worry. But yeah, so basically when you Google the, the best Austrian, you get uh, there, Google gives you a list of 15, but all of them are men. So I thought maybe mm. let's find an Austrian woman. And there are, I mean, I, I don't want to talk about myself today, but, <laughs> but if, it's like, so who is that person? But there is actually a woman called um, Bertha von Suttner, and she was born in 1843. And her, she was basically, she... She was on our, when we had, before we had the euros, we had chilling and she was mm. on the thousand chilling. So that's why it's quite Ooh, a high yeah. note. So okay. she was a, a famous woman on big money. Um, she was the first woman who won the Nobel Peace Prize in oh. 1905. So she was a writer and a peace activist. Oh. And actually she was involved in calling it the, the Peace Prize, the Nobel Peace Prize, because she was friends with Nobel. So... So what happened with her, so she was born in, did I already say, yeah, in 1843, and she was a very optimistic woman. She was very positive, and she thought that everyone can change. She said individuals can change, nations can change, everyone. And no matter what happens in life, every you can always change. And uh, yeah, she was very optimistic, although she was 33 years old and not married yet. So And uh, her, her father died uh, before she was born, and her mother, she, she had a little bit of a gamble problem, and uh, got all the inheritance money, was gambled away. So Bertha, when she was over 30, she was still not married, but she worked for the Sutner family. <laughs> and then she fell in love with their eldest son, 
but she was not allowed to marry him because she was working for them and that was their son. So they basically sent her off to Paris and then she worked for Alfred Nobel, who was the guy who uh, mm. the Nobel Prize is um, named after. And she had a good uh, relationship with him. I think Nobel kind of wanted to hook up with her, but she said, oh, no, I'm in love with this little boy. No, he was not little, <laughs> but he was... No, no! He was in love with this. He was a few years younger. Maybe he was seven years young or something. I need to uh, look that up. But she was in love with him. So she actually said to Nobel, no, I'm in love with him. So she went back. They got married secretively. And they uh, lived in Georgia for a while as well. And she started to write um, uh, books about, first she wrote under a man's name and published under a man's name. And then her most famous uh, novel is called is an anti-war novel and it's called Lay Down Your Arms. And it was an international bestseller translated in 12 languages, which is quite... Um, and it focuses on how or it explores how war impacts women as well mm -hmm. in, in the thing. And she later found the Austrian Peace Society. And she she always wrote with uh, Nobel letters. And she basically said, yeah, we should focus on peace and da da da. And he picked up on that. And they say, it always assumed that that's why it's called the Nobel Peace Prize why it focuses on peace and she didn't win the first one she won i think it was the fifth one five years later after that she won oh so it's not like she invented award and then got got given it <laughs> yeah <laughs> no that's <laughs> she she contributed to it i think after yeah, novel yeah. died they came up with the award and uh, and he described it as a peace award and that was influenced by her and she was Amazing. quite um influential Unfortunately, what happened, or maybe fortunately, she died a few weeks before the First World War started. So that yeah. was probably for her fortunate. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a very poignant like moment in history to be writing like anti-war stuff and very peace at like the turn of the century, because like what's just about to kick off around the corner. Yeah. I feel like that's a very important time to be talking about those things. It's also weird because I think people like obviously historically it's hard to imagine what it felt like in the lead up to those times. But like when you do look into history and people talk about the feeling of like I've heard it described as like bubbling, like people felt something was coming. Mm. And like it's terrifying to think that people for decades before could feel this catastrophe coming over the horizon. And then it happened and it was as bad if not worse than anyone could have mm. imagined like that is quite especially grim yeah especially before the first world war because austria was a humongous country i mean we mm. were huge but our em emperor lost everything <laughs> because there were constantly wars and this and this mm. and we yeah we were yeah. humongous but then we shrank quite i mean uh, bertha von sutner she would she would not have been austrian she was born in prague actually oh right okay but that was part oh, of wow. austria yeah. So yeah, because Austria just everything belonged to Austria. I had no idea there was such a big Austrian empire. Massive, 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 yeah. massive. Austria was basically huge, mm. but we we didn't do well in politics, so we. So <laughs> 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 right. we know the feeling. <laughs> yeah. So basically, that was my um, my famous Austrian, my greatest Austrian. So can you remind me how to say it properly so I don't make a dick of myself? <laughs> Bertha or B Bertha? Bertha? Bertha. 
If you want to say it Austrian, it's Bertha, but in English it's... Be Bertha. Yeah, very good. Bertha. <laughs> um, von, von. Like almost fun, but like fun trap. But von. 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 Yeah, Sutner. Bertha von Sutner. Yeah. Hmm. Bertha von Sutner. The quarter of me that's German is doing fucking fantastic. <laughs> Bertha von Sutner. Now that, that's actually brilliant, Alice. Thank you for putting that in the chat. I did not um, know you could do that. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know you could type things in this thing. As we so established, I'm not very good we at We do computers. do this every week. I, I promise we do this every week. Like Alice just wrote, just for the audio listeners, Alice wrote in the chat of Zoom mm. and the rest of us three lost our fucking minds. <laughs> Everyone went, oh my God, I didn't know you could do that. What, she typed in the chat? She's like some kind of wizard. Um, anyway, first and foremost, I just want to say, Arnie is sweating a bit now, isn't he? Because he might have been hench and been in some films, but he didn't. He didn't win a Nobel Peace Prize, did he? Yeah, no. He didn't foresee the Great World War coming over the horizon. No, but he did. He was Turbo Man. He was Turbo Man. You can't argue with Turbo <laughs> Man. <laughs> and maybe if Turbo Man had been around, nothing. Who bad knows what could have happened? happened. Yeah, nothing bad would have happened. Um, no, it would have been so much worse. Anyway. Well, that was fantastic. Um, mm. I was pleased to know there was a brief period where I thought that she had invented the Nobel Peace Prize and then been given it. And I was thinking, mm. yeah. but no, that didn't happen. It happened after he died. So that's fine. Yeah. And, and it's not, they, she's not mentioned with the Nobel Peace Prize. She's basically, um, every influence she had, it's, it's forgotten about. But she... So what I read about her is that she influenced the idea to make mm. it a peace prize because she was so driven by peace that she convinced uh, Nobel to to make it about that to mm. accept or or to mm. um celebrate peace or, or or people who promote that but nobody talks about it when they talk about the Nobel peace, peace prize mm. or where it comes from she's uh, I think you you can almost not find her unless you really look for her yeah which is so a that's shame, the sad yeah. story that she's her influence is forgotten but yeah if, if she created it and then won it that would have been <laughs> yeah probably also very typical austrian but we <laughs> <laughs> do these things yeah yeah i learned so much during that i didn't even know that noble was a real person <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Did everyone else know that? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I did actually. Yeah. Didn't I it? thought it was um. Oh god, didn't here we go. I thought it was because you're very noble. <laughs> <laughs> it's a noble peace prize. Do you know what I mean? Didn't, oh um, god. Isn't the interesting thing about uh noble, noble, whatever he's called, um, is that he like his whole life he dealt in like ammunition and like made like dynamite and stuff, and so, and then the, I think a newspaper, a local newspaper, accidentally. Uh, they thought he was dead, so they they post they reported his like obituary, and everyone was like, "Ah, oh, yes, thank God that like warmonger is dead." And he was so like shocked that at everyone's reception at him that he decided to make the Nobel Peace Prize to to like give back to humanity because he was so like disgusted with himself. God, that's wild. Yeah, that's really fit. If that's true, that's really fitting with um Bertha's like ethos as well of like everybody can change. Yeah. That is so true, true, actually. That's very poignant. Wow, that is very poignant. Well, on that note, good night, <laughs> fellas. Um, <laughs> so, Alice, uh, first and foremost, uh, I just want to congratulate you on your fantastic speech there. Um, was she an Australian? We'd be proud to have her. Although maybe we weren't, because we are 
quite racist as a country. Um, so just to make sure, Alice, that you are truly as much of an expert on Australia as you say you are, I'm going to ask you some questions about another famous Australian animal. Koala. The koala bear. Now, I'm just going to ask you a couple of quick questions. Um, first and foremost, does a koala bear have a tail? It's like a little one, like a button tail. Is that a tail? It doesn't have a tail, no. I thought it did, and I googled it. It's just got a flat ass, like a, like a, like a, I don't know. Yeah, bears don't have tails. I thought it's like a, a button. Doesn't do they have like a little button thing? It it I think the the one in the toilet paper ads does have okay, a tail. Yeah, maybe that's. But I don't think they do in real life. I think that's a Mandela effect. I think koalas not having tails is like a Mandela effect. Everyone thinks they have a little tail. Mm. You think Nelson Mandela's got a tail? <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway, second question. <laughs> second question for Alice. Uh, what is the top speed in miles per hour? Or you can do it in kilometers an hour because you, you're European and I'll translate it. Uh, what's the top speed of a koala bear, you know, on the ground, going at full, <laughs> full pelt, chasing you? How fast is he? So I go in kilometers per hour. I would say yeah. like maybe mm. five kilometers per hour. I don't even, I don't even have to, I don't even have to do that. Five kph in I'm just going to double check my message. No, so that would that would equate to about 3.1 miles an hour. Um, the actual, and this is according to Animal Facts Encyclopedia.com, oh, so don't come to me. Like or something. <laughs> no, the top speed <laughs> of a koala cheetah. bear at full tilt is 18 miles an hour. No, it's not. <laughs> Which it, no, it, no, it's, no, it's not. It, it, that's like 25, that's like does, 20 does, plus Ks. That's 28.9 kilometers. <laughs> no chance. Imagine you're driving your car that fast and a koala's keeping up with you on the road. Just next year. No to way. To be fair, maybe they could just sprint for like five seconds at that speed, but then they they, but know, what's th they can't go. What, what do marathon people run? How quickly do they run? It's, it's got to be about the same, isn't it? Well, no, they do. Well, they can work it out. They no. do about oh 10 mile an hour. They do about 10 mile an hour because they do 20 miles in two hours, don't they? Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, I just Googled it <laughs> and, and, and another site, the Department for Environment and Science Queensland, that's an actual Australian government website, moving them up to speeds of 30 kilometers an hour. Yeah, but that's just the Australian government trying to make them sound more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way a koala's running at 30 miles an hour. No, 30 kilometers Neither an hour. don't care. Let's not get ridiculous. <laughs> that's, that's like... How fast some footballers are. Yeah, that's rapid. Top, top athlete, yeah. Anyway, look. Anyway, look. Anyway, yeah, that's it. Uh, 30 kilometers an hour uh, is the top speed. So you've unfortunately, Alice, you've got none right so far. What is a the the koala bear's favorite food? This is an easy one. I feel like everyone knows. Eucalyptus. It. Eucalyptus, I mate. Said Fuck yeah. And so would I, but then I was panda. That's bamboo. That's, pandas, that's a fucking panda, mate. <laughs> yeah. So, Alice, it turns out you know as much about as Australia as Michael does, which means, unfortunately, yes. you're going to be kicked out of your home nation and you're going to have to live somewhere <laughs> horrible like Austria uh, or the UK, <laughs> uh, which I wouldn't wish on anyone. Um, on that note, Vinny, it's your turn to convince us that you've picked the greatest Austrian who has ever lived. God, okay. Christ. Um, 
That is the theme of the show. <laughs> Don't sound this, too shocked. I'm doing this like he's only just realised that he's been doing this sixty-four <laughs> weeks, and he's Wait like, "Oh my, this is <laughs> this massive. Is huge. This is Wait stupid. This can't be done. This is like a joke." So psychology is undoubtedly an extremely helpful field of science, especially nowadays, where the rise of people with mental health problems is being acknowledged as a massive crisis. The benefits of psychology could include researching mental health to help enhance our well-being, better understanding the relationships we form, self-improvement, or even battling addiction. But the actual science of psychology is very new compared to many of the other sciences. We've only really been studying it properly for just about over a hundred years now at this point, and it was all spearheaded. By a man who is known as the father of modern psychology. But before we get to him, I think it's important to note what the scene of psychology was like before it became a proper science. You see, it was basically a hot dumpster fire. Psychology in the 18th and 19th century was rife with pseudoscience and utter nonsense. For example, phrenology was a hugely influential field at the time. Which aimed to figure out people's mental illnesses by measuring the bumps on their skulls. Safe to say, although it was extremely popular at the time, it is very clearly bullshit. My head had looked like the fucking moon. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't until the latter part of the 19th century where a German man by the name of Wilhelm Wundt founded the first psychological lab, which would be exclusively dedicated to the research of, in the field of psychology. He was also the first person to call himself a psychologist. Now, this helped spark a boom in the field, and helped give legitimacy to the studying of the human mind. But it wasn't until the 1890s, where an Austrian—that's right—was making waves all around Europe for his wild new ideas. <laughs> That line sounds awful. If it was like the nineteen thirties, but anyway, I didn't do Hitler. <laughs> that man was a was a dude by the name of Sigmund Freud. Now you've probably all heard of Sigmund Freud, for better or worse. He is an extremely controversial figure, even in his time, but was undeniably pivotal. In the studying of the human condition, he isn't called the father of modern psychology for nothing. But before I go into how he earned that title, I think it is reasonable to go into part of the reason why he's considered so controversial, because despite his massive advancements in the field of psychology, many of his theories on the human condition have been widely debunked and laughed at since. For example. He believed in the idea that every young girl, upon seeing a penis for the first time, gains extreme anxiety around the fact that they don't have one, and thus will fight their mother over the affection of their father for said penis. <laughs> for God's sake! <laughs> what? <laughs> this is known as penis envy. <laughs> that well, is it's widely described by literally everyone. Even at this time, people were like. That's a bit that off. That sounds mate. mental. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound That's right. No, it's that mental. That's horrible. Yeah, he had some weird beliefs, but I'm going to talk about the the stuff he's the good stuff he's remembered for, and th there is the a lot. 
So <laughs> Freud as a person was always deeply, deeply still laughing. Other than, it's just like, <laughs> other, than that, uh, other than that really weird penis stuff he said, the rest of it, honestly, that was fine. <laughs> uh, I think you've got to be a bit mad to be a, like a crazy innovator, you know? I just, I didn't know. You've got to come up with some weird stuff like that every now and then if you're going to be like pioneering fields of science. If you said that down the path, (laughs) you'd get a section. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Freud as a person was deeply, deeply interested in people's brains and minds. He was known to just walk around town and just talk to random people so he could just understand why they think the things they think and what they're thinking about. This interesting hobby of his developed into the first ever psychoanalysis, which is more or less what talk therapy is, which I think is kind of wild to think that before Freud, talk therapy, which is like the most standard type of therapy you can get, didn't exist. Nobody did it. And when was this? When was Freud? When was this? Like 1890s he was doing this. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. It existed a little bit in church as confession because people came and yeah. talked. And so it is not oh, totally mate. new, but it's just... That's a good point, religious. actually, yeah. Freud believed that patients with mental health problems had induced some sort of trauma as a child. This trauma would bury itself deeply within the brain and would then later develop as negative emotions and thoughts such as depression and anxiety. He believed that talking about the trauma was the only successful way of relieving it. Freud also developed the idea that everyone has the conscious mind, that which are the thoughts and feelings in the front of your brain that you, you know you're feeling and thinking, but also the subconscious mind, the thoughts and feelings which existed on a sort of level below the conscious mind, but which greatly influenced the conscious mind as a whole. He also put forward the hugely influential idea that one's personality is made up of three components. The id the primitive and instinctive part, the ego, the conscious part of your brain, which is fully aware, and the superego, which is the part of your mind which handles the kind of values and morals of society at large. He argued that the right balance of all three components led to a healthy personality, whereas an imbalance leads to mental health issues. Freud even came up with the idea that people use defense mechanisms to avoid difficult or challenging ideas and thoughts. Although many of his ideas have been largely discounted, like the penis envy thing, or even the idea of repressed memories, which nowadays people are like, yeah, that doesn't exist. We don't think it exists. Uh, but for a while, everyone did think it existed. Oh, there was a big... Cra- so through my other job, which is working at a true crime podcast, we did a whole fucking thing about repressed memories. There was this whole, like, what's it called? It's, they, they don't call it repressed memories. They call it like... So there was a whole f- phase of people believing that they'd been victims of like satanic ritual abuse that had never happened. It was just like people would go to a therapist and they'd say, you are showing the symptoms of someone who's been through satanic ritual abuse. And then already mon- mentally unwell people would they be convinced that they'd been through this trauma that had never happened. It became like this fad. Very strange. Can I add to that? Because I think uh, Freud, the, in- the interesting thing about Freud is that he 
um, had cases where he had children or, or individuals who were like hysterical and they showed symptoms of child abuse. And he said they showed symptoms of child abuse. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, he did a 180 degree turn and he said, no, 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 actually the patients, they haven't been sexually assaulted. They have fantasies about it. And it is assumed that he did that because the people who came with their kids to him paid him. Okay. So, and that's why he, and it is also assumed that he comes out of a family um, of abuse. That would make sense. So, so I think Freud uh, is, you have to see Freud with a little bit uh, a distance as well, because I think he's maybe overrated. And when you look into details and he was also addicted to a lot of things. I mean, he smoked, yeah. he said that he, yeah, he, he did coke and he smoked 40 cigarettes a he day like or a something. So I think he had. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> this guy's right. I'm struggling to see some positives. Hey, this guy invented we'll therapy. Like, this guy invented fucking psychoanalysis in modern psychology. Like, the thing is, he like came with these ideas and they were like, what the fuck's this? This is crazy. But he also gave us weird ideas, loads of weird ideas. But every, like the people around him then were like, okay. That's really interesting. We'll take the, the ideas we actually like and then we'll develop them further. And then those things like, like Carl Jung and whatnot, they like went off and did stuff which like nowadays we're still like, you know, that we still, uh, what's the word, like agree with and whatnot. But, you know, like he set the ball rolling on all of that stuff. Yeah, he came up with some really weird stuff. And obviously everyone nowadays, everyone laughs on him, everyone dunks on him because he did say some weird stuff and believe some weird stuff. But he, he, without him, he wouldn't have, I don't think he would have had a modern, modern psychology. But yeah, like, because like, I, I've, I've known people who uh, are really into psychology and all of them say like, they just love be memeing on Freud and just being like, this guy was just like the, the weird shit he said, but they all like have this incredible respect for like the work he did and how it was so fundamental to like the field of science that is psychology. Like without him... I don't know how far it would have been set back. It's an interesting pick, Finney. And what I respect is that you've picked someone who, as you say, right now is getting dunked on a bit because of the penis thing and some other things. What he has in his favour is he, he did definitely lay a hell of a lot of groundwork. And he's a bit like, I don't know... He's got an Arnold Schwarzenegger sort of quality. He's by far and away the most famous psychologist ever. Like, there's no... I, don't, I can't even name another one. Like, he, if you say a psychologist, people think of Freud and people quote Freud without even knowing they're quoting Freud. Like when... And this is a point in against him, actually, is when... And I think this is a feeling we've all accidentally had. It's when you've got a girlfriend or something and you accidentally call them mum and everyone's like oh that's a thing and that's a thing that you did and it's it's fine it's just an accident but he made that weird and that's that's a point against freud i think <laughs> what um, is this, this <laughs> what? very specific example <laughs> Seb, are you no, i think we need no, Seb, no, should no, we no, talk no about no, this? no 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 right can we just rewind a bit i just, that was just an example but like you know when it's like when you call your teacher mum. Freudian slip. Freudian slip. 
Freudian slip. That's it. Mm. I, there's no such thing. It's just an accident. I just said the wrong thing. Mm. Stop making a big deal out of it. But we've all been there where like, you're like, oh, I don't know. You just say one thing and you mean the next and everyone's like, oh, that must mean you want to fucking have sex with toast or something. And it's like, no, I just said that by accident. Okay. Leave me alone. Did he, was he kind of the first person to school the thought of like conscious versus subconscious then as well? Well, he came up with the whole subconscious thing. That's pretty big because I, I know a bit about therapy and stuff and subconscious is like, you wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't have any therapy or mental like health knowledge without understanding the distinction between conscious and subconscious thought. So that is pretty crazy, just coming up with that. On that note, Vinny, mate, I need to ask you some facts. Because <laughs> you couldn't be more ready to ask, to be asked some facts. So, have you heard of the wombat, Vinny? Yes. If you had to guess... I actually what... don't know what a wombat is, though. Um, I don't know what a wombat is. It looks a bit like... Is it like a bear? Uh, it looks a bit like a koala that's on the ground, if I'm being completely honest. Okay. Ah, uh, well, question? let's, let's <laughs> fucking steady on, Alice. Let's not fucking get ahead of ourselves. Um, do you want me to send you a picture of a wombat, Vinny? Let's look it up. Hey, sat in yeah, front of a camera. Right here. <laughs> um, oh yeah. Because okay. I just, you know, I don't. You know what a wombat is? Sure, um, I guess I do. I don't really, but carry on. What is a group of wombats called? A cloud. It's not called a womble, is it? It's not called a womble. It's called a wisdom. A wisdom mm. of wombats. That's a hot... That question was so difficult. How to uh, yeah. get that? <laughs> They're all silly. That's the point that of the That was pretty hard, considering okay? do koalas have tails? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. How tall is a kangaroo? What do you call 50,000 wombats in a room? A wizard. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wisdom. A right? Okay. Now, question number two. Are they born with hair? <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. They're born hairless and blind. Mm, sweet. <laughs> like moles. Now, blimey, fellas. Um, the last question is, it's, we've asked it for every single one. We've got to know. What's a wombat's top speed? I'm going like 100. Fuck it. <laughs> 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 it's a 100 no it's it's actually 18 miles an hour again oh okay no chance they're the same speed as koalas i i don't believe it either but you know again animal facts encyclopedia.com it's not done us wrong so far but again Vinny, you've only got the one question right so just like alice and michael there you're never coming to australia mate sounds good from what you've described it as <laughs> yeah Koalas and wombats sprinting down the road at like massive 20 miles an hour. Sc- like sprinting at you at 30 miles yeah. an hour. A massive racist koala running at you. <laughs> well, I can stall no longer. I have to crown a goat. And I've got to say, it's a great episode. Alice, I love how seriously you've taken it. You're fully on board with the concept. We're finding a goat tonight. Freud, Vinny, I'm sorry. Your mic's clipping but... loads, by the way, all of a sudden. It's probably because I'm really close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I do do this for a living. Um, so, Freud, unfortunately, the you went you went with the weird penis stuff early doors. And I couldn't stop thinking about it, which, again, makes... that. And now, me saying that, I'm like, oh, Freud, I think I was thinking about it. I'm just saying, 
it got in my head early doors. And I think what he did was great, like in terms of setting the ball rolling. But the stuff about him maybe giving child sex offenders a free pass, that is quite a big black mark. Bertha von Sutner, or Bieter von Sutner. Again, it's a fantastic shout. I'd never heard of her. She won a Nobel Peace Prize. She's the second ever female Nobel laureate behind Marie Curie, and that's a big fucking list. She's a pacifist and a novelist, and she saw the war coming. Was she secretly a paedophile? Can we... I'm going to quickly research this. <laughs> she was also, unfortunately, what she wasn't. Was Arnold Schwarzenegger. I, f- <laughs> I feel like Alice is going to hate me for this. But what she wasn't was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, no. <laughs> See, when, when Vinny was doing his thing, I was like, you said like, oh, Arnie was sweating when um, Alice was talking. I was like, oh, damn it. Now he's going to be sweating even more. This is before the pedo thing. Because I was like... What am I against? A Nobel Peace Prize winner, the guy who invented psychology, and all Arnie's got is like, get to the chopper! I was like, surely... <laughs> I should have just picked Mozart, fuck's sakes. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. And I'm Alice, I'm really sorry. He just is, from an outside perspective, when you think of Austria, you think of Arnold Schwarzenegger. He came... He couldn't speak fucking English. He became a movie star. Oh, he still can't speak English. (laughs) (laughs) What he did doesn't make sense. He couldn't speak English. He became a movie star. And then he was a joke. And then he was the governor of California. And then he had a kid with a housekeeper. And that is the American dream. And we're not an American show, but it has to be commendable. That's ridiculous. (laughs) And... Bieta von Sudner, what she did was great, but when you think about an Austrian, unfortunately, and this is a failing from Austria, maybe if Austria tried a bit harder and you rewrote some of the history books <laughs> and you maybe you renamed that stadium after her. Oh, yeah, that's a great shout. We, I should, I will go back to Austria and say we call the stadium, uh, the ex Arnold Schwarzenegger stadium we call Bertha von Sudner. Exactly. That's my mission. I will. That I shall do brilliant. that. You should do that. But then I come back and then I win this. <laughs> anyway, I am against my better judgment and against Alice's will. I'm unfortunately going to have to name Arnold Schwarzenegger yes. the greatest Austrian of all time. Now, Alice, my only disappointment in this whole episode was that I thought that you were going to pick you. And I thought that would have been incredible. But sadly, Bertha von Sutner probably has got a little bit more done than you. But there's still time. Yeah, yeah. And she has been on the Austrian money. So maybe uh, maybe that's my next goal. You could get on the money, then get on a football stadium and then support the death penalty and then get taken off the stadium. Perfect, perfect. That's That's how you do it. Is Arnie on the money? No, no, no. Because I think we, ha- we have oh, Euros course, now, yeah. so... Don't you have like Austrian euros? Like, doesn't every country have their own like? Yeah, do we have our own people on the? Austrian. Do you have like? like I pay by card. I don't yeah. know anymore. <laughs> How yeah. does money look like? <laughs> I can't think if the euros have any. It's all. It's all Arnold Schwarzenegger. When you look at really? it, it's just all him. It's all Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> no, it's not, not really. It's um. <laughs> it's all. No, him. it's all. It's all Mozart. Obviously, it's all Mozart. I can't believe no one picked Mozart. Um, but anyway, I'm just gonna put Mozart. On <laughs> anyway. On that note, 
It's time to end the show. Everyone, go and buy Alice's book, The Anti-Self-Help Book. Where can people buy this book that's blurred out? You can buy it on Amazon. It's available there. And yeah, that's the only place, actually. So We'll put it in the description. Mm-hmm. And the rude Goldberg machine of hate will make sure it gets to you in less than 24 hours. And so I basically, I run an old female comedy night in Soho called Laughing Labia. And the season starts again on the 1st of October. It's every first Sunday of the month. Fantastic. Brilliant. Everyone go to that. We'll, we'll turn up. Have Maybe it. not Vinny. And, um, <laughs> I won't. And, I, I can't um, get to London for a... Yeah, you can. Is it Wednesday? When was it? Sunday. 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 You could come on a Sunday. Maybe in a, in a while, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not like you've got a kid or anything. Years, yeah. <laughs> anyway, go and watch... Was it Laughing Labia? Sorry, I've got the memory of a yeah, sieve. Laughing Labia. Laughing Labia. Go and watch Laughing Labia on Sundays, coming in October, if I remembered all that correctly. Buy the book. Go and watch Alice in Edinburgh. And please come back next week to listen to more of this absolute drivel. And when we finish this episode, Alice, traditionally we say, love you, bye. Love you, bye. bye. Love you, bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.